You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Hey, I'm Andre Pru from andrewinereview.ca. I don't have a snappy moniker, but my co-host this week is Michael Pincus from Michael Pincus. I'm sorry, Winereview.com. I can't remember your website. That's all right. But you got a great it newsletter. Changed. It used to be OntarioWineReview.com, but now it's MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Why? Because I wanted it to be longer. And you are the grape guy. I am the grape guy. And we are two guys talking wine. What's in your glass this week, Michael? Well, I, uh, I'm i under the impression that you are going to be talking uh, Cab Franc today. I, I have some issues with, with something that you may have written in the past month or so, yes? Uh, and I, I hate to go back to this winery, but I'm going to, because I have in the past. And tonight's glass is the uh, Hillebrand Showcase 2012 Red Shale Cab Franc. And damn, this is better than the 2010. And if you've never tried the 2010, then you're missing out, because the 10 is great, and the I think the 12 is just a little bit greater. And how long did you have to decant that wine before you enjoyed it tonight? I have an absolutely humongous Bordeaux-style glass from Schatzwiesel. I love Schatzwiesel. Me too. And um, <laughs> that's what I put it in. And I'm going to watch it open up through the course of drinking it. And That's the way I like to drink my wine. I do not decant a lot. I like to watch a bottle of wine open up in a glass. You know, I generally agree with you, but there's just a few wines like that red shale that you're drinking right now that needs a little bit of time in a decanter. It can just be that tannin is a little bit too grippy. Oh, I'll be drinking this bottle. long after you and I finish, which <laughs> reminds me, what are you drinking? I have a glass of the Foreign Affair 2013 Conspiracy. Ooh. It's a little bit softer than the 2012 uh, this definitely requires not a lot of time in the Bordeaux glass, but that's not a bad thing. A little savory on the nose and lots of fruit in the glass. I really like this wine. I've always liked the Conspiracy. I think it's one of the better wines that uh, Foreign Affair does. And I can afford it. And I can afford it, yes. Yeah. That's, that always is, um, that's always a caveat. I like, I like some expensive wines. I can't afford expensive wines, so I buy cheaper wines. But my mother doesn't like when I say cheaper. She yes. likes me to say inexpensive because cheaper makes it sound cheap where inexpensive makes it sound, I guess, inexpensive. Well, and I mean, that's the thing that we do have to, we have to focus on is, you know, you and I have kind of got a little bit of a snob edge to the stuff that we drink. Like this is $19.95. It's by no means an $8 Italian Pinot Grigio. Like it is still a few bucks, but... I mean, for 19 bucks, it still is a hell of a wine. You do have to, uh, um, excuse me a couple times uh, during during the show, I am positive that I'm going to be aerating the wine in my mouth because it is, it is pretty big. <laughs> so is this just going to be a regular theme of you rubbing in the massive wine cellar that you have while I'm still building mine? Well, just wait till I start opening some older stuff. <sighs> so I've decided to keep it current so that you can at least buy them for now. Thanks, Michael. But when I go into the like the ninety-eight Laley or something, we'll see what happens. <sighs> so we've we've both got wines that have a little bit of Cabernet Franc in them. Why we do. don't we get right into Cabernet Franc? Mine's a hundred percent. Yours is. It's a it's a mix of Cab Franc, uh, Cab Sauv, and Merlot. But yeah. I mean, there is some savory notes on the nose, which is something that you do get from Cabernet Franc, and that's something that we will talk about 
in another podcast on at another la- at date. a later date. But I think you're, I think you're going to take issue with me about an issue in my newsletter. Yes, you did recently say something about Cabernet Franc, and I'm just going to paraphrase here because I actually had to bite, literally bite my lip while I was reading this and be like, I, I, I don't think that Michael's right on this. Um, there is a lack of Cabernet Franc getting the serious treatment in the province because it is being passed over by some rock star winemakers who are focusing on Pinot Noir instead. Did I get that right? It's close. It's close. It's here's my opinion on I, I love Cab Franc and I, I gotta get that bias right out of the way. I'm a I'm a big fan, always have been a proponent. Uh, I've, I've always written that Cab Franc is a great grape and we should really focus on it here in Ontario more. But it seems that over the years, we have drawn away from Cab Franc and we're seeing a lot more wineries open up to making Pinot Noirs, Chardonnays. That seems to be the thing. There are, there are, I can name six wineries off the top of my head that have opened, I would say, in the last 10, 10 years, let's say, that are focusing on Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. All the way back to Flat Rock, who I think are celebrating their 10th anniversary, to new wineries like Westcott. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, even Domaine Calus is uh, is a Pinot producer, although they have are they, a they Pinot do have producer? a little bit of Bordeaux variety, but they are primarily Pinot Noir. I yes, I mean they've got what four different tiers of Pinot Noir and Correct. one Cab Merlot. Correct. Uh, you know you, Thomas Batchelder, obviously strictly Pinot and Chardonnay. Norman Hardy, although he does a great Cabernet Franc. He does do Pinots and Chardonnays. That's what he's known for. And I can keep going on and on and on about all the wineries that have opened up about Pinot and Chardonnay, where I would like you to name me, I know you can probably name me one, but name me a handful of wineries that have opened up and said, Cab Franc is our grape. We're going for it. Yeah. That's the end of this discussion. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, there's one thing that that I I have noticed though. Like, I I mean, we we do really great Pinot Noir and really great Chardonnay, elegant and some no of doubt. the few wines no that doubt. are that are worth the money. I don't like spending a lot of money on wine, but I'm sorry when Thomas releases some of his Thomas Batchelder releases some of his single vineyard Chardonnays. I don't mind spending forty five bucks to have a bottle of that for a special occasion. And when Norm Norman Hardy releases his Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, I don't mind spending the forty bucks so I have a bottle for a special occasion. One of my favorite bottles of wine this year is Thomas Batchelder's Oregon Pinot Noir. Thought that was outstanding bottle. I Not like Thomas Batchelder's uh, Oregon or sorry uh, Burgundy Chardonnay. I thought that was outstanding. Yeah. See, but those are from outside the province. But what I'm saying is right here in Ontario, we are not having a lot of winemakers. I can name you a whole bunch of great Cabernet Franc being made, but I can't tell you about a winery that has opened up and said, we are planting our flag with Cabernet Franc. Vineland does, but they've opened a long time ago. And we, when I just uh, reviewed not, not too many weeks ago, uh, a, a winery called Bench. You got a bench, bench trial. Yes, bench trial. I always call want to call it Bench Wine Trial, but I, it's Bench <laughs> Trial, and they they have done 
uh, two Cabernet Francs, and that was what they were doing. But I understand they're 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 doing some Viognier now, and they're going to be doing some other stuff. Yeah, they are working on expanding. But the thing is, they've planted their flag with Cabernet Franc. You know what? I think I will agree with you on the fact that a lot of wineries are are focusing on planting their flag with Pinot Noir and and Chardonnay. But I mean, for all these great wineries that we're listing, how many of these wineries are going to be getting their foot in the door with new wine drinkers with their wines? Uh, can you name any wineries that make great, and I'm not talking good or acceptable, but great Pinot Noir under $20? Uh, that That is a tough one. Uh, I would... Wow, I've, I did not expect to be able to stump you like this, Michael. Well, I, well I'm thinking about it, and I, I know that it really is going to depend on the vintage. I know Coyotes Run, when they brought out their 2012, uh, Pinot at $19. That was a really good value Pinot that I wouldn't have called great, but I would have said this is very good. And if you wanted to get your foot in the door with Pinot, that was a good bottle for 20 bucks. Here's another one. And, and, and I, and I just tried this back in May and I was absolutely shocked by it. It was the Henry of Pelham 2007 Pinot Noir, and I, I bumped into Daniel Speck, one of the owners of, of Henry of Pelham, not too long ago, and I, I mentioned this to him, and he says, well, that's got to be one of the Speck family reserves or the reserve, and I said, no, that was the entry-level Pinot, 2007, which at the time would have sold for about 16, 17 bucks. Okay, so still probably 19 bucks today. I Yeah. Okay, but when we start talking about, about Cabernet Franc... Uh, okay, fine. Maybe maybe we're missing we're missing a flag bearer, but we have all these great producers who are making Cabernet Franc at a great price, right from Peely Island, which is good Cabernet Franc, not good Cabernet great, Franc, good entry level Cabernet Franc at the no price. Doubt. Vineland Chateau de Charme, all making Chateau de Charme. Yes, agreed. Yep, and all making good. Cabernet Franc at a very affordable price point. Something you did that, mention Vineland. I think I heard that in yes, there too. Yes, I did say yep. Vineland. But I mean, this oh, is the Vi- sort of Vineland's thing that's been doing it for so many years now. It's unbelievable. But I mean, that's I, the sort of thing that's going to convince someone like me to move up to a reserve bottle. The thing is, to get me right off the hop, as someone who is just a, a, a budding enophile, enophile, however you say it, uh, yeah, call it whatever you like. But check, I, I mean, check, it's, it's, it's hard to com later and find out how much it's it's for. it's hard to convince someone to spend even twenty bucks on a bottle of wine right out the gate, and we there, there is nothing to bridge that gap for for Pinot Noir or even Chardonnay. Although I'll admit Ontario Chardonnay and I say it on my website almost all the time is getting better at a better price point. I I will give you that from Ontario, but you can go to other places in the world and pick up a. a Decent, but Chile has got some uh, Pinots. There's, there's like Connoisseur for uh, 9.95. Granted, it's I find that a hit and miss kind of Pinot, but uh, when it's good, it's very, very good. And when it is bad, it is still good. Uh, but for 9.95 or, or 10.95, I haven't shopped for it in a while. It's, it's a decent bottle, and you can get some good Chilean Pinots from, uh, from some of the you know the Bio Bio Valley and things like that that are you know, under $20. But when you're lo- talking about Ontario, yes, I would, I would agree with you. It's hard to find an under 20 uh, for under, uh, under 20 Pinot that is uh, something that you would go, wow, that's outstanding. 
So the, the thing is, I, I can understand that we definitely want to appeal to serious wine people because the serious wine people are the ones who are going to be trying to get the wine into the hands of maybe their non-wine drinking friends or, or just like to, to show off. But uh, it's just, I, I still see Pinot being a hard sell to wine noobs. Well, I think it's because because Pinot is, I think it's ingrained into your head that it is a snobbish wine. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody says, oh yeah, it's, you know, Pinot is an entry-level wine. You go, Gamay is an entry-level wine. Chianti is an entry-level wine. Valpolicella is an entry-level wine. But nobody goes, oh yeah, if you get in with Pinot, you're golden. Well, I guess that might be the thing too, and I know I'm going to be arguing with myself for a bit, is I don't think anyone really thinks about Cabernet Franc as an entry-level grape either because there aren't many places in the world that do it on its own and even when you start getting into France with Chinon you're, you're talking about a, a snob's wine um, yeah. I mean we need to find a way to, to just tell people about Cabernet Franc and I guess we're going back to the start with like you said we have so many people who are focused on Pinot Noir and Chardonnay that Cabernet Franc is getting overlooked well, here's yeah, my my stance on Cabernet Franc has not really changed since when I started one drinking Ontario wine and two writing about Ontario wine, and it is that that Cabernet Franc should be our calling card. And you hit the nail on the head when you said not a lot of countries are making Cabernet Franc. Mm-hmm. I could name you a bunch of grape varieties right now, and uh, and and do like a word association game with you, and you could name the country. Let's do it. So. Australia. Shiraz. Germany. Riesling. Um, uh, a red blend. Bordeaux. Pinot Noir. Burgundy. Chardonnay. California. Burgundy. Yeah, see, that starts to get a whole bunch of other people in there. Australia. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch that make Chardonnay, but you nailed the, the two big ones. You, you talked U.S. and you talked, um, and, and you talked Burgundy. Uh, but you know, a Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon, California. California, you know, they, every every Chile. wine, Sauvignon Blanc. New Zealand. See, every wine country, every grape seems to have a home these days. Now, word association: Cabernet Franc. Chino. That's because you know. The, you know I, what? I, I, the thing is, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And and now you you've got this so down and. I've spent the past year traveling and and tasting, and I've tasted as much Chinon as I can because I I just, I love it. You get that fruit-driven, I love wine and food. I grew up in Saskatchewan, I eat a lot of beef. Chinon is one of the quintessential beef wines in in my book because you have a lot of savory flavors with it. You get a little bit of fruit, it just goes really good with red meat. But I went to Bordeaux as well. I went to Saint-Emilion because they grow a lot of Cabernet Franc in Saint-Emilion. And some of their top wines, like I went to Trottevier, which is a, a, a premier grand cru, and I drove by but did not go to Cheval Blanc, who you both use a lot of Cabernet Franc in their mix. And tasting the wines in Saint-Emilion and tasting some pure Cabernet Franc not blended down at Trottevier, we are on the right track in Ontario when we have a hot vintage to but make not, Bordeaux not quality. They're doing a straight Cab Franc. They're doing a blend. That's right. So, you know... When we were in our, you know, when Ontario was in its heyday and they went, all right, ice wine, we're going to sell ice wine by the bucket load. And everybody was buying it. 
people still buy it. Don't get me wrong. But it became the calling card of Ontario. And I think we really missed the boat when we when we said, all right, just take the ice wine and didn't go, you know what? You can have these three pallets of ice wine, but you've got to take a pallet of our Cab Franc. You've got to try some. Instead of just making the easy sale, just push it a little bit more. Go, you know what? I'm not going to sell you the three three skids unless you buy a little bit of Cab Franc and, and also push that in your store well, or in your I, restaurant. I wish I could remember who said it to me, but it's a quote that has stuck with me. Like I said, I, I'm just, I'm bad with names. I can't remember who said it to me. It's just, they said, and this would have been five years ago when I started writing, that Ontario winemakers are sick of being ghettoized into making ice wine. And I mean, this is not a shot at ice wine. It's good stuff. It's tasty stuff, but it's not a wine you can drink every day. It's expensive. It's hard to pair with food. It is a special occasion wine. I, I mean, on you know what? Even if I had the money, I don't think I would drink a ton of ice wine. I like saving it for special occasions. We make really good, affordable table wine. Ice wine is Ontario's gift to the world, and we gift it to everybody. Think of all the ice wine that you probably either got or tried uh, or have been given to you as a gift, but you probably either, one, put it away somewhere. You re-gift or two, it. You re it. it. Yeah. It's I, the most I mean, re-gifted wine in the world. I'm going to guarantee you that. Uh, I've I've been it's like Christmas cake, hundred percent. And you and pass on Christmas cake. I only think there's you know those things with the crazy you know chunks of fruit in them. You know the fruit cake for Christmas. I only believe there's about a dozen in the world. They just keep getting passed around. That's really funny. You know what? There's going to be one less because every bottle I get my hand on, I open as quickly as I can, and I get some foie gras or I get some very good deli meats, and I just sit there and I enjoy this really good secret when I hear about people who ruin their ice wine by serving it with dessert and that's just like oh salty snacks and ice wine anyways this is not supposed to be about ice wine we can save that <laughs> for another one no uh, so wait I, have, I we, have we come to a consensus I that I, I still believe that Cab Franc is is the undiscovered grape and sooner or later another country is going to go oh crap Cab Franc nobody else has it and we are going to be left standing at the dock waving at our grape as somebody else brings it in and by the boatload. I have ch tried um, Chilean Cabernet Franc, and I'm like, wow, they should be doing more of this. And I have tried California Cab Franc, and I'm like, wow, they should be doing more of this. But they don't. And thankfully, nobody has really jumped on that bandwagon. You, you know what, though, Michael? I'm, I'm not sure if, if you know what, we do, we do need a TSN turning point for someone to pick up the flag. But I'm not sure if... We need to be, well, no, we do need to be worried about someone carrying it away from him. I'm just going to say with California specifically, because I enjoyed a very good Californian Cabernet Franc this week, but it was just so ripe and so oh, high yeah. in alcohol. And the wine was balanced. It's just all, oh, of it's, this, it's, all of the soul of the Cabernet Franc had been removed from it. When I tasted sure. that Cabernet Franc at Trottevier, for I sure, mean, it's it was over, Bordeaux, it's but it still tasted like Cab Franc. And in Chinon, I mean, that tastes like Cab Franc. And Ontario strikes this nice balance while still staying, staying cool climate between having nice fruity wines and still holding on to those savory notes. Love, lovely acidity, those that lovely fruit. Even in, in cool vintages, we get those savory notes. And in hot vintages, we keep that acidity, we keep that fruit, and it can just it's just a wine that when you can get somebody sitting at your dinner table or sitting at your house 
wherever you're wherever you're pouring it, and you just kind of you kind of do that pour, and you go, "What do you think of the wine?" Well, what kind? What? And then everybody everybody wants to know what is it? No, no, just tell me what you think of the wine. And to watch somebody's face with a really good Cabernet Franc go, "Wow, I really like this wine." What is it? And you get to say it's a Cabernet Franc, and then you're like, "I've never heard of that." Yeah, it's, it's it's just an aha moment for a lot of people. Okay, so Michael, let me, let me ask you then, because I think we did come to a, a bit of an agreement that we have flag bearers and very good people who have, I mean, sterling reputations making Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. But what is the TSN turning point going to be to make Cabernet Franc Ontario's grape? What is going to make people want to make more Cabernet Franc? Yes. What is what is going to have to change to to fix this? Uh, I think all of the Pinot and Chardonnay vines have to die. It's, it's the only thing that, 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 that strikes me is some kind of phylloxera has to come in and only prey on Pinot and Chardonnay and then suddenly all we're left with is Cabernet Franc and we'll turn to it and go, oh wow, yeah, I guess Cabernet <laughs> Franc's it. You know what, I, it goes back to, I, I know you were at that tasting, that Italian tasting. Do you remember when Ian Dagata stood at the front of the room and he said, the problem in Ontario right now is just we are doing too many things well? Uh, yeah, we're doing, we're doing a lot of things. We're doing a lot of interesting things. But I do believe that um, I was in Prince Edward County. A uh, winery called Hubs Creek. I don't know if you went there mm-hmm. when you've been to Prince Edward County. If, if anybody out there has never been to Hubs Creek, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. But he only makes two grapes. He makes uh, Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris. That's it. That's all he does. And I said to him, you know, with everybody else doing so much, you know, they're right across the road from Carlo Estates who is doing tons of stuff. And I said, why this? He goes, you know what? In every great region of the world, they focus on one or two grapes. And I believe... The Prince Edward County is a great region, and I think we should only be focusing on two grapes. Obviously, Chardonnay is not one of them, but I mean, he oh. thought that Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir were the grapes, and that's what he's going to focus on. Oh, Michael, that's no. going to be his staple. No, you know what? I think that's going to have to be another podcast topic because I don't agree with you. I mean, no, no, just no. We can't do just two. No, I didn't say that the whole province should be doing just two. But I think wineries should learn to specialize. I I will agree with you on that. I mean, it's been you have one to of the have absolute pleasures. Bearing wine, and a lot of people have flag bared either Riesling, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, or a combination of them. There are some. There are a few wineries that that do. You know, a couple. Uh, uh, I know that you and I share a love of of Gamay. Yes. And there are some that have unwittingly, I guess, stuck the ground with Gamay. But, I mean, there is just, we have such a breadth of wine. It's like we're trying to be everything to everybody, and we're not anything to anybody. We're Ontario. We make lots of wine. I think you accidentally stumbled on what the the TSN turning point is going to be, and I don't think it necessarily means that Pinot Noir and Chardonnay has to die. I think it might need to be that we start mucking around with some of the other varietals, and maybe we need to stop mucking around with Semillon and Viognier and Musquet and just focus on the things that we do well and just let the cream rise to the top. And that doesn't mean we need to let everyone rip things things up, but we just need to have wineries with smaller, more focused portfolios and fine. You want to make 50 cases of, of Semillon, that's that. But focus on selling the stuff that you're good at every yeah. year. I believe that would be true. Are we going to end every podcast by agreeing on something? 
or are we going to start yelling at each other? Well, I mean, we've we've argued parts of it. <laughs> Why don't you tell people where they can read your stuff? Um, oh, that's a good point. Uh, MichaelPinkusWineReview.com. You can get um, get my stuff there. And I'm, I'm sure Andre and I are going to argue about something. Eventually. Um, and, I, and I know it's coming. You know, we're, we're, we're being congenial right now. But, uh, you know, the gloves will have to come off at some point and uh, maybe next week. Maybe. You can read my stuff at andrewinereview.ca. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're two guys talking wine. All the time. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe at twoguystalkingwine.com.